0: morning church Merry Christmas Merry Day after Christmas uh, welcome to the house of the Lord this morning uh, I think this morning uh, one of our girls asked Jason like do you think there'll be a lot of people at church today and Jason was just like no I don't
1: <laughs> and he said
0: um, he said well what do I know he's like I'm not the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit didn't tell me how many people would be coming to church today Um, But traditionally, after a holiday, it's usually a lightly attended service, but they're always a sweet service. It's always such a sweet time. Um, I remember one service, I think there was a snowstorm, and I don't know why, but I specifically remember Tim being here. Maybe you led worship that day. I don't remember, but I just remember it being the sweetest service. The Holy Spirit came, and the presence of God was so sweet, Mm. and I'm looking forward to that this morning. Because I am t- I'm pooped. <laughs> like, I'm just pooped. And um, Pastor Andy walked past my kids, and they were all just sitting there. And they all just looked like, what is going on? The sugar, the gifts, all the, all the joy, all the fun stuff um, is just a blessing to us. And I'm excited to enter into God's rest this morning.
2: Amen. Well, stand with me this morning. I'm going to do our call to worship out of Revelation. Talking about worshiping Jesus, a vision of heaven. Starting in verse 3, it says this They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways. O King of the saints, Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you. For your judgments have been manifested. And so, Lord, we just thank you for your perfect plan of redemption that you made a way. For us to have a relationship with you. So Father, we come before you today, this day after Christmas, the day after a great celebration, and we continue that celebration in rest, in peace and in joy. We thank you for it. in your precious name, we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Let's worship.
0: And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. As Ryan was giving that tongue... Just felt the Lord say, There is nothing that you lose in this life that is lost. It is a seed that is planted in the ground of the eternal kingdom, and you will reap a harvest. In this world, it may look like loss. That dream, that job, that thing that that you let go of is not lost. In his kingdom, at the renewal of all things, nothing is lost, nothing is wasted. Says the Lord this morning, says the Lord this morning, says the Lord this morning. Fear not, says the Lord, fear not, says the Lord of hosts. Open up your hand open up your hand and what you lose you don't lose I fill you I fill your hands with more than you can contain I fill your hands with more than you can hold open up your hands to me says the Lord and you will be filled and my glory will pour forth From your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I invite you now to come to the table of communion um, with open hands and open hearts to receive all that the Lord wants to pour forth this morning in this service, in our lives. We're going to partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. We're going to remember Jesus. We're going to rejoice in Jesus. We're going to open up every part of our heart to his light this morning and receive all that he wants to pour into us. And let him remove all that he wants to remove. So as you come down, um, you can just... uh, Pick up the the juice and the bread and then circle back to your seats. I think, as you all know, the little plate is gluten-free. And hold on to your elements because um, Pastor Jason will come up and he'll lead us to partake in communion together.
2: Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lord.
0: bless you:
2: Thank you, Lord. I just felt led while we were people were coming up, if we could just sing just our voices, the worthy of it all, while we're holding the elements, <laughs> to just be a reminder a reminder that He is worthy of it all. Every issue that we come with, every challenge, He's paid the price for all of it. And He truly is worthy, worthy of it all. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you truly are worthy of it all. And Lord, we worship you. We thank you for the price paid. We thank you for the cross, for your death and your resurrection. We thank you that you came in the flesh, (laughs) that the Word became flesh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. We worship you this morning in spirit and in truth. Have your way in this place and in our hearts, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Stand with me as we continue to worship.
0: Psalm 32 says, You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Psalm 119, you are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. Psalm 17, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 27, for in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. Psalm 31, you hide them in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of man. You keep them secretly in a shelter from the strife of tongues. Psalm 64, hide me from the secret counsel of evildoers, from the tumult of those who do iniquity. Psalm 143, deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies, I take refuge in you. Psalm 61, for you have been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against the enemy. And finally, in Psalm 68, God is to us a God of deliverances. And to God the Lord belongs escape from death. Fear not, church. Mm. Let no fear come to rest upon you. (laughs) Who is like the Lord? (laughs) What can man steal from you? that he will not give back to you a hundredfold. Fear not. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might this morning. He is your strong tower. He is our hiding place. And we rest in him. We rest in him this morning.
2: Thank you, Lord. Father, we rest in you today. Father, we rest in you today. Father, we just speak peace, peace upon every person in this place today. For you truly are worthy of it all. We thank you, Lord. Amen.
0: As we move into a time of greeting one another, if this is your first time here, or even your second or third, we welcome you. Um, We love to worship Uh, with you uh, this morning. In the back of the seats, there's the connection card. That's a place for you to put information, your name, your number, email, whatever you want um, to let us know that you were here today. Uh, It's also a place for prayer requests and praise reports, and those connection cards go in the offering buckets, which are up front during the break. Um, Let's see, kids, kid corner is open. You can get your your sermon notes and your kid bags. You can borrow a book. If you're a guest with kids, we have special guest bags for your kids. And I think that's all. We'll greet one another. Um, There are cookies out in the lobby. You know, you can feel free to bring them in and nibble on them while he's preaching. He doesn't mind. He's an easy, he's easy. Trust me. I've been married to him for what? 22 years, I feel like. 22, that's right. He's easy mostly. Easy. He doesn't mind if you nibble on cookies. I want to thank Maureen and her beautiful daughters, Ruth and Joanne and Heather. They made phenomenal cookies in abundance for our church family this Christmas season, and I just was so thankful. Such a help to me, and they don't even want me to say it. They didn't want me. They don't want to be thanked, but I got to thank them because it helps. It has just helped me. Um, And they just took it completely, brought little baggies and everything. Like, if you want to take cookies home, there's the cutest little baggies out there. So during the break, there's also coffee. Um, The machines may have turned off in the time that we've been in here, but there's coffee out there. So during the break, go ahead and grab cookies and coffee, and we'll call you back in when it's it's time. Okay.
1: All right. I think we've got about eight to ten minutes uh, of greeting time in. So I'm going to go over some announcements for today. How many of you had a nice day yesterday? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. All right, so um, we have our new Bible reading plans on the back table. So these will take us through the Bible in a year. And I want to encourage everybody to pick them up and check them out. If you haven't done it already, um, there are check boxes for each day. uh, And it gives you, you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament and the Psalm um, for each each day. And, um, yeah, take it. And how many of you are pretty consistent with Bible reading? Fairly? How many of you struggle like me a little bit here and there? Like, ah, get it in there. Yeah, so... This is a wonderful thing because you can just pick it up. I don't know if, if you've ever experienced this, but there's been days where I haven't been, I've read or I've read a verse, but I haven't taken like a deep read and I'll miss maybe a box on here. But then when I get to the next box for, the, for that current day, it's exactly what I need to read. You know, it's, it just works out perfect. So make sure you get one of these and um, make use of it. Uh, starting next Sunday through the 22nd of January, so January 2nd through the 22nd, we're going to be doing uh, what we're calling an awakening, and it's days of prayer and fasting. And so we're going to encourage everybody to really seek the Lord over this week and ask Him what He might want you to do when it comes to fasting, um, how He might want you to fast. And we're going to be talking about that in the well, starting next Sunday, I think, begin talking about fasting, or today. But, um, yeah, take the time this week and just really seek the Lord. Ask Him what He wants you to do. Fasting is a wonderful experience. I don't think anybody really enjoys fasting until you begin to do it, and then you start seeing the Lord begin to speak to you, and you hear Him differently, and things just begin to change in your life. Um, So... It's, it is a wonderful thing that God has given us, and we're going to dive into that um, starting next week. And the last announcement is the Joshua Revolution, which is starting tomorrow, and it is three days, the 27th through the 29th. It, it is three full days. It is free. You can you have to go online to register at joshuarevolution.org, or you can check out their Facebook page and do it on there. Um, Just so you can uh, know, they are having a number of speakers. They have Ann Graham-Watts speaking, Daryl Strawberry, and his wife Tracy, a woman named Pam Stenzel, which I don't really know, but um, she must be a good speaker if she's going to be there. (laughs) And then a guy named John Smith, um, and he is a fellow that actually died and was dead for, I don't know, 20 minutes and came back to life. They made a movie about him. And uh, they have some worship leaders. Joshua Aaron, he's a Messianic Jewish man. He lives in Israel. He'll be here leading worship. A woman named Charity Gale, which many of you may know. And then another guy named Matthew Scholler. So um, I think he was on The Voice. Is that correct? I don't know if Sydney's in here. She would know. But um, yeah, so check it out online. It's going to be a good thing. And it is a family conference. So your whole family can go, children, teenagers, adults. Right, I think that's it.
2: All right. Thank you. Got my football today. Somebody had asked me, maybe was it was at Leanne? Somebody asked me after church on Christmas Eve, they're like, where was the football? And I was like, oh, I don't know, it was Christmas Eve. They're like, well, you preached with a football in your hand and you didn't have it. So we were just wondering where it was, so... It's not, a, yeah, it's not a rule, it doesn't have to be every Sunday, but you know, I, I do like my football. I do feel comfortable holding it, so I do have it. Uh, just a couple, a piggyback off of what uh, Pastor Andy was saying. Uh, yeah, I just really would encourage you guys to be in prayer about what the Lord uh, really wants you to fast. Um, and you know, we'll talk more about fasting in the month of January too, because it's not just a one-time thing, uh, it really is, you know, living a fasted life and what that looks like. Uh, but also, you know, fasting is not getting rid of Netflix so you can spend time on Facebook. <laughs> right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fast binge watching, you know, my favorite show and then just spend the rest of your time doing some other type of technology or whatever it is. So really, I mean, be in prayer about it. The Lord will lead you. He will guide you. He's done that for us. Every year he has led us uh, to certain things, even certain types of food, because uh, really fasting is going without something, and at the end of the day, it's to get your flesh in line with your spirit, and sometimes our flesh needs to get in line with our spirit. Amen? We know that, right? We live in America, and our flesh is constantly wanting to, you know, get all the stuff that's out there for us to get, and sometimes we've got to remind our flesh to get in line uh, with our spirit. And so that's really what fasting is all about. It's a lot about a lot of things, but that's it. And then he also talked about the Bible reading plans, which I'm excited about. Uh, and I want to do our, uh, our offering here, scripture. Some of you came to me last Sunday and asked what the scripture was that I used towards the end of my message. Uh, well, I'm going to just base our offering off of that so you can see it. Grace, if you want to pull that up. It's out of 2 Samuel 23, and it's Verse 10. And this is the scripture It's talking about some of David's fighting men, his three mighty men of valor, three of his men. This is specifically talking about one of them. It says, he arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. Stuck to the sword. No matter how hard the battle was, no matter how big the fight was, no matter how much the challenge was, his hand stuck to the sword. To the sword, and we reference that as being the word of God. Last week, as the sword and the word of God being, you know, one and the same. And so, when we hold on to the word of God, holding fast onto it, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, no matter the financial challenges we might have, no matter whatever bill is standing in front of us, we hold fast to the word. And here's what happened: the Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the people returned. After him only to plunder. The Lord, the Lord caused the victory. And he does that when we hold on to his word. So let's pray over our offering this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for every gift, every giver, Lord. We thank you for these tithes and offerings, Lord. We lift them up to you, Lord. We just want to honor you with our finances. We trust in you, Lord. We hold on tight to the word of God and the promises that you have that we will seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, and all these things will be added on to us. Everything that we need to eat and wear and live, it's all added on to us, and we thank you for it. Lord, I just pray your blessing over this message. Lord, as we wrap up this series, Lord, that you would just open our ears to hear and our eyes to see what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Okay, thank you, Chet. Okay, uh, open up your Bibles. Uh, to, let's do Proverbs 4, and then you can also open to Psalm 119. Anybody know something, an interesting fact about Psalm 119? Longest chapter in the Bible. It's a Bible-reading church. Hallelujah. I love it. Proverbs 4, verse 20. And remember, this is the last message in this series that we're doing, is the word Became flesh. And we've really been talking about the Word of God in the month of December. How the Word is a seed, how the Word is the sword, how the Word became flesh, how the Word is a mirror. If you didn't get one of those mirror copies of those handouts I had, there are some on the back table. That the mirror of God, that as it's reflected back to us, it tells us who we truly are. The world doesn't tell us who we are, but the Word of God tells us who we are. And this morning we're going to do the word as a lamp. The word as a lamp. It's another uh, kind of a analogy that the Bible uses about the word and we're going to get there. But let me just start in Proverbs 4, which has been our series scripture all along. Starting in verse 20 says this, My son, give attention to my words. Give attention to them. Read them. Look at them. Put them in front of your eyes. There's so many things that are competing for our attention, church. So many things that are competing for our attention. Even even when you watch a show on Netflix or whatever, you got three or four commercials of other shows trying to grab your attention. Most of them, which really are a complete waste of time. But they're grabbing for our attention. But the Bible says, and the Word of God says, and the Lord is saying, My son, give attention to my words. Give attention to these things. Incline your ear... To my sayings, don't let them depart from your eyes, your eyes, your ears, and keep them in the midst of your heart. And the reason we do this, the reason why it's important, the Bible says in verse 22, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Issues of life. We can find our answers to right here. And we don't have to, it doesn't even have to be random. The Lord will lead us and guide us as we read his word, as he shows us and leads us and what he wants us to meditate on from a scripture perspective. So turn with me to Psalm 119. Again, the outcome of this series is that I, we would just be inspired to get into the word more. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like for you, each person's unique. There are morning people, there are evening people, there are people, like Pastor Andy said, who want to, need to check the box off every single day. There are those who just want to check the box off periodically. There are those who don't want to check the box at all. And that's okay. God has created us all differently. But what's not okay is if we never get our eyes in the Word. Because the Lord says we need to put it attention. We have to give it attention. We have to put our eyes upon it. So each of us has to find our chair where is your chair at? Where is your chair where you sit morning, evening? Maybe it's your bed. Maybe it's a literally your couch. Maybe it's in your car. Where is your chair and where you spend time with him? Maybe it's on a walk. Maybe it's in the shower. There's no, it doesn't say specifically in the Bible, you must sit in a chair that looks like this, made of wood, in this position. And no, it doesn't say any of that. It just says we have to give attention to his word. And there's many, many ways to do that and many different tools that are available. How many know that we are blessed to have a lot of tools available in this day and age? The Bible app is a fantastic tool to use. We have the Bible reading plan, which Pastor Andy just talked about. We've got our daily devotional that's out there. There is just so many opportunities and ways to get into the Word. So I just would ask, encourage you to ask the Lord, what does that mean for you? What does it mean for you going, ending this year and going into next year? What does that look like? So the word as a lamp. Psalm 119. Turn there if you're not already there. Before I read it, I want to give you a story about myself and a little lamp in my life. You know this story? Maybe I've ever told you this story. Maybe I've told you this story. So when I was... uh, and the analogy of this, let me just preface with this. The analogy of this lamp is, think of it as what the world has to offer. Because the, 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 the Bible says that Satan comes, what, disguising as an angel of light. So he tries to fool us that he has light, that he has something that we need for visibility in our life. And he actually doesn't have it. So when I was young, uh, we lived in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania... And I would use our basement. There's a couple like six steps that goes down to our basement, and I would play sports down there. Shocking! I would play. I would throw footballs down there. I would play Nerf basketball. How, how many have, remember Nerf basketball? Right? It's like this little Nerf ball. It's about that big, and there's a little hoop. I played that for hours. I was Michael Jordan. I'm telling you, I was Michael Jordan. I mean, I played for hours down there. All through the winter, I'd be shooting hoops, playing basketball, playing baseball. I mean, I broke stuff. There was all kinds of stuff happening in that basement. But there was a lamp in the basement. And the lamp I needed to turn on when I went down there so I could see, so there would be some light. And this lamp had a short in it, an electrical short in the lamp, meaning when I turned it on, it would start to, like, You know what I mean? It would blink a little bit, it would buzz a little bit, and it would shut off. And then eventually it would turn on. And then it would shut off. And then it would turn on. And then I couldn't see. And I was always so frustrated with this lamp. And I'd go tell my parents, like, ah, this this stupid lamp doesn't work at all. I don't understand it. And then I went down there one, maybe it was a Sunday afternoon, I can't remember the day. But I went downstairs, I was all fired up to be Michael Jordan, I was going to win the championship, I was, you know, it was a million dollar shot, I was going to take it that day. And I touched that lamp, and it shocked me. I'm talking, I was, I got electrocuted, like, big time. I grabbed a hold of that lamp to turn it, and it just was, and I was like, oh, I was like, I was eight years old, I didn't know really what had happened. I started crying, I went upstairs, I was like, Dad, Mom, I just got electrocuted. I'm laying on the floor. Now, for those who know me, I can over-dramatize things in my life. Uh, My kids was like, oh my gosh, Dad, the drama. So this started when I was young. This isn't something new that I've just started doing recently, I mean, I was drama. I, I remember, like, crawling up the stairs. Like, okay, I don't know how much voltage it was. It really wasn't all that much. I survived, right? Right, and I was coming up the stairs, and I laid in, the, I remember laying in the middle of the living room. Oh, Dad, I got electrocuted. Right, and, and God bless my dad, man. So my dad was like, I love him, God rest his soul. Uh, he passed away this past April. Uh, but he, okay, he, used to, he was a fighter, He was a guy who had a short temper, and he got rid of that as he met Jesus. I'll tell you what, his transformation of Jesus in his life was amazing. But I remember that day, oh, he was mad at the lamp. Because the lamp was trying to give light, and it wasn't giving light. In fact, what was supposed to be meant for light actually was harmful. And I was thinking about that story today, because I'm talking about the word as a lamp. And the world has lamps to offer that when you touch them and when you think they will bring you some kind of light or some kind of truth, they actually electrocute you. They actually shock you. Not in a good way. And so my dad went marching down there. He tore that lamp out out of the plug. He brought it up. He said, I'm taking this thing outside. And so he took it outside and he came back with a baseball bat. I was like, Dad. He's like, this is for you. Oh, yeah, and so I got to continue my sporting activities that afternoon with my baseball bat, and I went outside, and I beat that lamp. I mean, I absolutely destroyed it right in the middle of the yard. I'm just beating on this thing, and I just completely destroyed it. I say all that because the word, this lamp, is a true lamp. This lamp is not meant to harm. This lamp is not meant to electrocute. But this lamp is meant to illuminate and to make visible what God has in store for us. Psalm 119.103 says this, How sweet are your words to my taste. They're sweet. They're not electrocuting. Now, some of them pierce, and we know that. Some of the words pierce, and, they're, and they are really challenge us in a lot of ways. But the, it says here that the words are sweet, sweeter than honey to my mouth. How many have had some sweet cookies? Yeah, a break. How many of you eating a cookie right now? <laughs> Pastor Liz already said, I don't mind. That's okay, you can eat your cookie, it's fine. But it says sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Through this word, there is understanding that is available to us. Therefore, I hate every false way. Look at the order of that. Look at the order of that. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. It doesn't go the other way around. It's not like, ah, I see the way of the world, and I really just don't like it. Therefore, I'm going to go get in the word of God. This is actually saying it works the opposite way. It's saying when we're in the word of God, when we're using the word of God to gain understanding, it's then that the light is opened up and we then begin to see in the darkness that which surrounds us, we are able to determine then those things that are actually out there trying to electrocute us and we can stay away from those things. Think about that for a minute. Verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp lamp To my feet and a light to my path. So, the main point here this morning is that the word brings visibility. It brings visibility. And it brings visibility to our surroundings, but it brings it in two specific ways that that verse just said. Number one, it brings it as a lamp to my feet. So, what does that look like? What does that mean? Now, we got to think about when this was written. Yeah, this was written before Jesus. They didn't have light switches. They didn't have headlights. They didn't have flashlights. They basically had a lamp. They had something that was lit, something that was fire, something that was not necessarily opening up the whole room for us to be able to see. But there was a light that was in front of them. And here's what I see when I read this. A lamp to our feet... Think about that. The lamp is shedding light, and it's illuminating what? Where we're standing. It's illuminating specifically where we're It's showing you where your feet are. The Word of God, when we read it, and when we put it on the inside, it literally reveals, makes visible where you are standing. And there are so many times in our life when we're not doing, and me included, and there's times where we don't actually know where we're standing. We feel like something's going on down there. We feel like we're standing on something that maybe doesn't feel like solid ground, that doesn't feel like the rock that the Bible says we need to stand on. But what the actual word of God does is it's a lamp to our feet. It actually makes us look down and say, where, where am I standing? What is actually around my feet? Are there dangers all around me that I need visibility to? Am I standing in something, the proverbial, all right, we've got dogs, so I'm not going to say it, but, right, if it's pitch dark out and I go to the dog area where the dogs go to the bathroom and I can't see, there's a good chance I'm going to step in something that I didn't want to step in. But there's a light that we have that illuminates that area, just specifically that area. It's like when they built the house, it was made for us. We turn on the light, and boom, there's a light right in where the dogs go to the bathroom. And I can see. It's a lamp to my feet. I can see where I need to navigate, where do I need to stand. And that's what the Word of God does for us. It reveals where you are. Much like the scripture we said two weeks ago, or last week, how it divides spirit. Yeah? Yeah? And soul, it shows us where we are. The word is a lamp unto our feet; it illuminates. And I'm not mean; it's not illuminating all the way. It's just right here. It's just showing exactly where we are. The second thing that it does is that it's a light to our path. Now, whenever I think of a light to our path, I think of it with today's technology. I think of you know like headlights that are illuminating way far in front of us that we can see. But again, when this was written, all this is saying is that, you know what? Many times, I know that the Lord has spoken to many of you and to us, and he has given us a a vision of the future, of what's down there. But what I have never gotten is all the exact turns and twists and ways in order to get from here to there. But what the word of God does, what this verse is saying is that it's a light to our path. It's not this illuminating headlight, like a locomotive headlight, that opens up everything to see. It says, you know what? There's a light on my feet, and there's a light for me to take that next step. Okay, I'm looking down at my feet, I know where I'm at. The lamp is on my feet, the light is to my path. I take the next step. And this journey of our Christian walk really is, it's a marathon. It's a, it's a slow walk in a lot of ways. And I think too often, you know, the world has all these things that it has to offer. But the world, as the Bible says, that road is wide. That road is very well lit for them. It's very easy to see what the next step is because it's trying to tell you exactly where to go. But when you're on that narrow path, When you're on that narrow path, walking the way Jesus is having you walk and and just trying to say, Lord, what do you want me to go do next? When we get into the word of God, he begins to reveal, ah, there's the next step. The light, there's the next step. And we begin to see and be able to navigate the path that we're on. This light to our path, it helps us to see the twists and the turns. It helps us to see the next step. And to be honest, I don't think that we can handle, at least I can't always handle, all of the twists and turns if they were revealed to us all at once. Right, church? I mean, if the Lord would have showed us all of the challenges and the difficulties and the things that we had to go through both in our personal relationship and in our marriage and with our kids, if he would have showed me all that, say, hey, you leave GE and you go help with the church, whether they pay you or not. And here's all the things that are going to happen. Let me show you a big lie. I'm going to reveal the whole picture to you. Not just the end game, but all of the twists and the turns. You know what? We would have been like, nah. No, we're going to live what? We're going to do what? We're going to live what? How many kids? We can? Wait, no. No, we're good. I like my little, my little, my GE, I shouldn't say little, the GE salary. I like all the benefits and the health care and all those. What do you mean go without health care for years and years and years? No, 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 that doesn't, that's not, but the Lord says, take the, he said, leave GE. And it was like, that was a little bit of a light on that path. And I was like, okay. And then there was a little light on the path and we said, okay. So, so many times, what the Word is revealing to us, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, is giving you enough light to see your next step, not necessarily the entire path that He has for us. Practically, how do we do this? Practically, we have to say, you know what, Lord, reveal to me the next step that I have to take. We pray this prayer often, it's part of this time of prayer and fasting that's coming up. Ask him, Lord, what is the next step I need to take? Get into the word of God. Pray, ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, show me, lead me, guide me. What is the next step? Get into the word of God. Find the promises that are related to those things that you need to know from a biblical perspective. Lord, what is it? What truth can I stand on? What firm foundation can I stand on? And when you do that, what the Bible is saying is it's a lamp to your feet. And then it's a light to your path. You can see where to go next. Whether or not he wants you to go on a keto diet on January 2nd, you won't find that specifically in here. I've looked. I'm trying to find, you know what, do I cut sugar? Do I cut grain? Do I cut both? Do I eat just vegetables? Do I stop watching Netflix? I can't find that specifically in here. But this word as we read it and it begins to illuminate and light our path and the Holy Spirit begins to manifest and move and work in our lives, he begins to reveal to us the next step that we need to take. And here's what I would tell you, church, as we close out 2021, Jake, if you want to come back up, as we close out 2021 and we go into 2022, I want us to be a church that turns first to God. In every single situation. Because I can tell you, I, there's many situations that come up, and I turn to Google first. Come on, guys, I'm just being honest, right? Situation happens in your life, you see a spot on your leg. Come on. I said, Oh, there's a spot on my leg. I wonder if I'll just, I'll just take a picture of it and I'll Google it and I'll send it to every nurse that I know and say, What is this spot? Come on, we all do these kinds of things, don't we? And no matter the situation, I want us our heart to be first to turn to God, to turn to the word of God before we get ourselves worked up or cranked up on any Google search or Safari search or whatever method of searching information that we use today. Is that we search first the information here. The truth here. Because the Bible says that the word is The Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths. And it will lead us and it will guide us. The Word brings visibility. It allows us to see what's right in front of us. So as we close this morning, Reference back to that old lamp that electrocuted me. And that's what the world wants to do. It's what the world has to offer. A fake light, a light that doesn't really work, isn't really truth. It is only meant to harm. Now, I was finishing up this message this this morning. The Lord just showed me this is not rocket science, but there's only one letter difference between the Word and the world. But that one letter makes all the difference. Completely changes everything. The word is truth. So bow your heads this morning. I just want to read the rest of this portion of the psalm. Out of 109. It says this. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord. Many of you have had a difficult year this year. Many of you lost loved ones, lost jobs, had difficult challenges. You were afflicted very much, but the Bible says, Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Revive each and every one of us, Lord, this morning, according to your word. Accept, I pray, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. My life. Our life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart To perform your statutes forever to the very end. Heavenly Father, and as we close out this year, Lord, I ask that you would lead us and guide us into moving forward into this new year with you. Lord, lead us in this time of fasting and of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you truly are a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Father, we thank You for the Holy Spirit as the Counselor, as one who reveals to us things to come, steps to take, the specifics that we each need for our life. And Lord, as we close out this year, Lord, I pray that You would just speak to every person here, the specific encouragement that they need, the specific Scripture they need to stand on, the specific step they need to take, whether it be regarding a job, a relationship, a health concern, or that they would seek you, your kingdom, and your righteousness. We thank you it. in your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. I've got some prayer teams that are going to be up front here to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything at all, maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You say, you know what? I can't do this on my own anymore. They can pray with you. They'll be up here after service. They can agree with you in prayer on anything that you might have. Maybe you just want to say, just pray with me so I know exactly what the Lord wants me to fast. They will pray with you, whatever it might be. Remember, there's cookies out there. There's coffee out there. We have a time of fellowship. Let me read this benediction as we close out the service this morning. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And amen. Have a wonderful week. We will see you next year.